Welcome to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. My name is Sandra, and I'm the virtual mom bestie you didn't know you needed. Grab a cup, make yourself comfortable, and allow me to spill the tea on motherhood. Welcome back to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. If you follow me over on Instagram at My Best Mom Friend, which I hope that you do, I have been sharing in my stories about the many different marriage and communication books I have been devouring. (laughs) I am trying to do all of this research for us, for the moms, the women, and even the dads that come to my account because we butt heads like crazy when we first become parents. And probably for the first five years of parenthood, who knows, maybe all the way up until the kids are 18 and go off to college. (laughs) I am only three years in, so I can only speak to newborn life, early postpartum, and up until toddlerhood. But I know that so many marriages feel like they go south as soon as you bring this bundle of joy home. And it's something that we don't talk about enough verbally, openly with one another. So you have this baby, you have had this beautiful marriage or relationship with your partner, you think that your love, you know, creates this human and it's just going to further strengthen your relationship. And it does in some ways, but in other ways, you might feel like your marriage is falling apart at least for a little while. And we feel so deeply alone because we're struggling to communicate with our partner. And it's not something we really want to open up to our friends about. We want to, you know, it's the highlight reel. We want to show face and and pretend like everything is great, especially because we just welcome this baby into our lives, into the world. And Just as so many moms don't want to complain about motherhood or share their grievances of how difficult and challenging some seasons are because they're afraid it makes them look like a bad mom, I think that the same goes for being a wife or a husband. You don't want to air out your dirty marital laundry. You don't want to feel or come off as ungrateful for your partner And so we bottle it up and we hope things will get better and we feel so deeply alone. I've talked about this so many times and the response I get is just, it blows my mind every time how how many women comment and tell me like, wow, I thought it was just me. I thought it was just my marriage falling apart and and feeling so confused. Why? They feel this way after they bring a baby home, which should be the happiest time of your life. But we know that our expectations are never how it really turns out, right? Like we don't realize how hard postpartum will be. We don't realize how hard birth might be and how difficult the physical recovery is. We don't realize that our mental health might go completely downhill for a while. We don't anticipate just how challenging a baby can be and how difficult it is to navigate all of these changes, your physical, your mental, your time, your priorities, your career, and your partner. When you are so utterly sleep deprived, you might feel like one of you is handling more than the other when it comes to childcare or domestic labor. And you are fuming with resentment, whether you want to or not. That is what we're going to get into. Because this is what we need to talk more about. I want you to leave this episode and this this whole series I'm going to be doing feeling like you're not alone. Getting some clarity as to why you and your partner continuously have the same argument or struggle with communicating all of a sudden, you're suddenly bickering and bitching at each other for things that never used to matter. And I just, I hope you can, through these episodes, identify why this might be happening and 
I hope that you'll leave with really helpful tips and ways to improve your communication with one another to get back on track because everything is about proper communication and through reading all of these books because it's also helping my own marriage I thought that I was a good communicator like I have a successful career in sales I talk all the time of course I'm good at communicating right oh how wrong I was I'm realizing that my husband is actually the good communicator and I was the one that has been dropping the ball in our relationship as it pertains to our our communication. And we all have a different communication style. And we need to we need to understand what that is for each of us. We need to understand our love languages, how we want to receive and give love and how we want to be communicated with. It is so important that you understand this about one another, that you understand your differences and exploit them in a positive way. So we are going to get into all of this and uncover all of these things that might seem like no-brainers once you hear them, but they were very new to me even, where I was like, whoa, that's really eye-opening because I've read books now from both sides, from experts and specialists teaching men about how women operate, how our brains are wired, and vice versa for me to better understand how a man operates, how our, our emotions differ, how our brains are literally wired differently. So I have been trying to figure out how to properly communicate all of this knowledge that I have just taken in. And I I realized that I probably need to do multiple podcast episode segments to really uncover all of this deeply. I don't think 60, min- 60 minutes is sufficient. So this will be a multi-part series. So I really hope if you haven't already that you will subscribe so you don't miss the future episodes Share them with your friends, with your partner, and if they're helpful, please scroll down after the episode and rate and review. And of course, like I said, come join the community over on Instagram. So with all of that said, I have read about 10 marriage communication books over the last few weeks. I started by highlighting, like a nerd, all of the key parts that are so important and so critical and eye-opening. And then I had all this information in my brain and I needed to organize it somehow. So I grabbed my laptop and I started typing fast and furiously. I hadn't even opened the books back up to like type out the highlighted parts. I, oh my gosh, I (laughs) typed out I think I'm at 27 pages of a Word document, not even going back and literally referencing the highlighted statements in these books. I just like typed out everything that was in my brain that suddenly clicked for me and made so much sense. So I still plan on finishing and getting out all of my thoughts on paper and, you know, hopefully creating like a little booklet or a guide that you guys can, you know, purchase or download and have all of this in front of you. But for now, I'm going to start by giving little teasers in a couple of podcast episodes because I feel it is not fair or right for me to sit on this knowledge and not share it with all of you. So let's dive in. I am also more than happy to link all of these books below in the show notes. However, it is a lot to read and I am basically giving you the cliff notes of all these books. And the reason I typed everything up is because, like I said, I was mind blown. So like I said, some books are about marriage specifically. Some are specifically about communication, whether in your marriage, at work, with friends. And then some were specific about the male psyche and the female psyche. And I basically put them all together in a way that makes sense for us, for this audience, for new moms, 
new parents and the specific struggles that we face with our partners in communicating. Specifically with how we feel in this season, with the sleep deprivation, with, you know, maybe being the default parent or the one handling the majority of of the share of work, of the childcare, of the domestic labor, because maybe you're on maternity leave and your partner is back at work. So you are handling the bulk of that domestic labor. You know, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom now because for a variety of reasons, going back to work didn't make sense. Or maybe you have returned to work and you now feel like not only are you going in every day to your full-time job, but you're coming home and doing yet another full-time job with not as much help as you would like to have from your partner. So I just, I found all of these key elements in these books, but none of them perfectly tied it together for new parents. So I was able to take parts and pieces. And as I read each next book, it it's like it all came full circle for me. And it, I just connected all the dots and it all made so much sense to me. And the really funny thing is, and I know you're probably like, hurry up, get to the good juicy stuff. But the thing is, I have been sharing all of this with my husband. Like every day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I learned something so fascinating. Let me share it with you. And he has very little response and looks at me like, okay, like, okay, (laughs) like fascinating, not because this is stuff that I already knew. And I would get so frustrated because I've been like, dude, this is like, fascinating information why are you being just so like nonchalant about it and finally as I keep telling him more and more and like how my mind is opening about all of this this morning he literally said to me are you ready (laughs) he goes I thought this was just all basic common sense and and basic communication and the essentials of being in a relationship I was like I mean yes a lot of what I'm reading suddenly feels like a no-brainer suddenly I'm like yep that makes perfect sense how have I not really thought of that or properly voiced that or understood that to help in my own relationship and he says yeah it's it's literally common sense right don't belittle someone don't make someone feel less than don't talk down to your partner don't attack someone when you're trying to get them to do something with you or for you And that's basically everything in a more elaborate way that I've been sharing with him. But I'm getting into specific details of like, I, I basically created this formula of how to properly communicate with your partner. Because the number one complaint I hear from women on Instagram is, I shouldn't have to ask for help. I want him to just see what needs to get done and do it and take initiative. Have you felt that way? So in in my relationship, my husband is very domestic. He takes on a lot of the physical domestic labor, whereas just like the average woman, I handle a lot of the invisible load, the remembering, the planning, the worrying, all of that invisible labor that he doesn't see or even realize is happening in my brain and that's the other thing is that I've heard so many women express their frustration or when I said what's something that you wish your your husband or partner could understand about you especially now as a mom the number one answer was the mental load just how much is going on in my brain and how much I think about and how much I worry and that you just feel like you're carrying the weight of the world and that they just don't understand it, that they don't appreciate it, and that you don't really feel seen. And that's what we need to talk about. And that's what I'm going to get into. And he basically said, you know, if, if you're just now understanding all of this, do you understand now why it's been so difficult for us to communicate properly over the last five years? Like, you know, 
it's just now all clicking and making sense for you. And I was like, yeah, like this is wildly fascinating to me and things are suddenly clicking. And he's like, well, I don't know why you feel the need to type all this out for your community and record all these podcasts because this is just basic common sense. Like you don't think all of the people that come to your page every day already know all this information like you're not some like guru that just discovered this fascinating concept and I'm like no I I get that (laughs) none of this is new or any anything but common sense but what I think is that we don't all read self-development books all the time the way that I do and when we are sleep deprived, hormonal, so tired, and angry at our partners because maybe we feel like they're not doing their fair share and it feels so unfair and we're fueled with resentment and anger and frustration, I don't think these key important pieces of how to properly communicate are top of mind. I think we have heated conversations in the moment because our partners, our partner is the person we feel safe with where we can offload our feelings and be brutally honest. And sometimes we are too brutally honest and things, especially like I said, when we're tired and hormonal come off not so nice. (laughs) I'll just say that. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm sharing because I don't think it's top of mind for everyone, especially in this very, very challenging season of new motherhood, navigating parenthood together. We are learning everything new, like everything has changed. We have welcomed another human into this, this twosome, this dynamic that we've been so good at. And now we have to learn who we are as a mother, as a father, as parents together, how to work together, how to understand our baby and provide everything they need, how to somehow find time for each other when our baby takes all of our time and attention and we barely have time for ourselves, let alone intimacy and and connecting with our partner, and how to figure all this out and navigate this together in a kind and gentle and patient way when we feel overloaded, overstimulated, underappreciated, and our emotions are so raw. So let's really dive in this time. (laughs) And I need to start with a disclaimer and and have a quick sidebar and set some ground rules as, as you're listening to this. We live in a society where everything has to be as inclusive as possible. I've done a couple of podcast episodes with these two dads at Dads Who Try, and we really spoke a lot about the male versus female psyche and how we're wired differently. And we got a little bit of heat on it because we were, you know, overgeneralizing and, you know, we're not being super inclusive because we weren't just using the word partner, but husband and wife. And I just need to hit pause because after reading these books, it was incredibly eye-opening because we live in a world where, yes, we are expected to be so inclusive to avoid offending anyone. But what's really important to realize is that there are are traditional gender roles that play a massive role in our identities and how the world is made up. And the male and female brain are different. They are scientifically proven to be a little bit different. So yes, we literally are wired differently in the way that we think in the way we feel emotions, and in the way that we communicate. It's literally a proven fact. And so I think that denying our differences as men and women is going through life and this relationship you have with the blindfold on. We live in 
a patriarchal society where traditionally and sadly, white men still rule no matter where you look. Things are improving and things are becoming way more equal and fair, but it takes a really long time to break these cycles and systems that existed for centuries. So we have different gender roles that have, like I said, shifted, like perhaps you both work, perhaps you as the woman go into the office and your husband is a stay-at-home dad. Of course, things are different. Of course, you might be listening and you're in a same-sex relationship. This can all still apply to you. So I don't want anyone to feel offended when I very specifically use the terms male and female or husband and wife because I am literally here speaking about the male and female psyche because it's important because when we understand our key differences that are scientifically and statistically proven, then we can better understand one another and then learn to properly communicate in the communication style that makes sense. In other words, this way we can speak their language and they can speak ours and we're no longer these, you know, crazy women that they just don't understand and think we're so irrational and whatever, whatever not so kind things men secretly think about us when they, you know, maybe tell their their guy friends like I just I don't understand my wife. Like I don't I don't understand or maybe they say, you know, nothing I ever do is good enough. And you say things like, well, why can't he just see what needs to get done? Why can't he see that I need help? Right? I'm sure these are very common things that you guys perhaps have said or that you've heard your girlfriend say. I mean, these are very, very common experiences. And so we're, we're set in these gender roles that we're all fighting very hard to come out of, but they are so deeply rooted Like women still are more natural caretakers. We are more intuitive to others' feelings and emotions and can more clearly see when someone is hurting. Whereas a man often takes things more at face value. So if you say, oh, I'm fine, and he's not paying attention to your nonverbal communication cues, he might very well take you at face value and say, oh, okay, I asked my wife and she's fine. And you're fuming inside and you're so upset. And then a week goes by and you suddenly blow up and you're like, I wasn't fine. (laughs) Does that sound somewhat familiar? So we are wired differently. Our brains are wired differently. Women are literally better at multitasking the way that our brains are wired Whereas men think about things more linear, more one thing at a time. And we can have a million thoughts at once. We have a million open tabs at once. And that is also that mental load, that worry work that we do. And it's heavy. And men don't understand it because they don't live inside our brains. And their brains aren't like ours. So we have to give them some grace because they are different. They are uniquely different and we are uniquely different. And we have to accept and honor our differences. We have to stop trying to change someone to be more like us. Like, God, why can't he just be a little bit more like me when it comes to this? Well, because they're not. And we're not going to be more like them no matter how much they want us to be. So as soon as we can understand and acknowledge our differences we can start to better communicate and have stronger and more connected relationships with one another. So we all come into the relationship with our born gender, in my opinion, because no matter how you identify, your brain will be wired to either male or female. And we all come with our own life experiences. We all grew up in different homes. You know, perhaps for you, both parents worked and that's what you saw. And they both shared in the domestic duties. Perhaps for him, his dad worked and his mom stayed home. And she did most of the domestic labor. 
and his dad came home from work and kind of kicked back, cracked open a beer, and relaxed while mom was cooking dinner. So for him, that might very well be what he knows and what seems normal to him. And so you guys have completely polar opposite models of marriage and you need to find a way to meet in the middle. So we have childhood wounds we bring into the relationship that affects communication where we might take certain things personally or are triggered by them even though our partner doesn't mean to hurt us. We had different ways that we grew up and butt heads when it comes to parenting styles, right? There are so many things that we bring into a relationship, into a marriage and these differences. So from our actual gender and our brain wiring to, you know, what patriarchy has traditionally set in place for us as far as our gender roles and the baggage that we bring into the relationship from our childhood and our past experiences. They all define us. And once we better understand all of these elements about each other, then we can have successful interactions and communications and a deeper connection. And so I had to give that very long disclaimer because we can't just sit here and say, you know, we're equal, we're all, we're the same, you know, we're inclusive, stop saying male and female, stop saying husband and wife and say partner, that's all fine. And you'll still hear me use the word partner often. But what I read in these books is that a lot of these communication barriers will still pop up even if you're in a same-sex marriage. You might, I, okay, so personally, I've had moments where I've I've had major communication battles with my husband and literally I think I texted a girlfriend at one point and said do you think same-sex couples so two women have these these challenges in their relationship because they think the same or similarly so do you think they struggle like this and what these books have said is that yes they can still struggle But the one key element that they don't face, whether it's two women or two men, is that you're in the same boat as far as the stereotypical gender roles. So you don't have that piece from society against you. You have many other, you know, challenges, I'm sure, from society. Um, But those stereotypical opposing gender roles that I'm going to be talking about are not as much of a an element. So I'm saying all of this because I don't want anyone listening to feel offended. And what's also important is that some of this may not apply to your relationship. Um, like my partner and I are very opposite sometimes from what I read as the as the general like male versus female mindset, like when it comes to certain things I won't even get into details but sometimes I'm like no I am way more like the man in the situation he is more like the woman so you may find that you're you're flip-flopped in some of these examples or some of it may not apply to your marriage some of these these elements you may not struggle with so I just want you to um, listen with open ears with an open mind and anything that doesn't pertain just you know ignore that and you know find find the things that apply to you and your relationship that you can take with you to hopefully strengthen your relationship and maybe make small tweaks that will make a difference. So from one of the books that I've been reading it says new research continues to show that a woman's brain is fundamentally different from a man's brain and we need to really understand how it works. So it really talked about how women have all these open windows, right? Just like a computer. We have all these tabs, all these windows open, and we don't want them all to be open. All we want is to, to close them, but new, new windows pop up constantly, and it's, it's frustrating, and it's distracting, and 
And men typically have one open window at a time. So a key reason for all of these female windows is the ratio of gray matter to white matter in the brain. It's specifically in the corpus callosum, which is the superhighway between the hemispheres of a woman's brain. So essentially, it says the gray matter is like the computing power of the brain, where the actual processing and functioning is done, while white matter is like the network cables that connect the computers for speed and allow them to work together and send signals from one computer to the next. Women have more white matter in their brain's superhighway than men do, and men have more gray matter. And neither is better or worse, but each leads to different ways of working through thoughts and emotions. How fascinating is that? Like, we are wired differently. And when I've said that in the past, I've heard people say, like, stop generalizing. But we are. We are wired differently. We need to accept this fact. It is scientifically proven. If you look at images of a male versus a female brain, There is a difference in white and gray matter and the ratio between them. So women's brains are designed specifically to process a lot of different things quickly, all at the same time. So basically to be working on all those pop-up windows simultaneously, while men's brains are designed specifically to process one thing, one window at a time without being distracted. Does that sound accurate to you (laughs) like you can be making lunch for your toddler while I don't know carrying your baby in the baby carrier making him a bottle thinking about that email that you need to respond to have a mental constantly going checklist of of groceries in your brain because you're in the kitchen thinking about what you're out of and thinking about the upcoming appointments you have and everything you need to do and the guy in your life might literally just be sitting there eating next to your toddler, maybe thinking about the meeting he has at work that day. I don't know. I, again, I don't want to overgeneralize, but I am I am not making this stuff up out of my own brain. This is all from these books with, I mean, the pe- people writing these, the authors have PhDs. They've done massive studies. Some stuff is scientifically proven. Some is Um, statistically proven so I'm not pulling this information out of my ass I just want you to know that (laughs) so keep that in mind as you continue to listen everything I am explaining to you about how a woman's brain is wired is all common sense to you because you have the brain of a woman (laughs) and I read specifically one or two of the books that were written for men to better understand women because I wanted to see how accurate it was to my own experiences as a female. And it was dead on. And more so, there are so many things I learned about myself through it, connections that I hadn't even made about why I think the way that I do. And and quite frankly, until I read these books, I didn't realize that our brains were literally different. I We've always said that we're wired differently, but I didn't realize that we are quite literally wired differently. So I think it's also important for us to understand how we are wired, then understand how a man is wired, and then how to bridge the gap. And if I end up talking a lot in this episode about how a, a woman is wired, this would be a really great episode to send to your husband or partner so that they can hopefully better understand you if they've been sitting there scratching their their brain wondering why you guys can't get on the same page why he just doesn't understand you blah 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 so the book says what it looks like on the outside although a woman's wiring may seem foreign to men think how the unique properties of the female brain prepare her in so many ways for success Think, for example, of how you look in amazement as your wife managed an onslaught of cranky kids, made dinner, 
talked on the phone to a colleague, and let the cat out all at the same time. Think of how her brain has nurtured countless relationships, done the advance work to arrange playdates, activities, birthday parties, summer camps, or deftly manage the web of commitments in an extended family while holding down a job outside of the house. You get the idea. So the example that I thought was really funny was he goes on to say when my wife asked me what I was thinking about that moment, he responded with nothing. And she was infuriated and kept pressing on of like, no, please tell me what you were just thinking about. Like, I want to know what, when you're just sitting there, what's on your mind. And the example he gives was fascinating. He was like, she didn't understand that I really was thinking about nothing. My desktop was empty. A screensaver was up and no one was home. Whereas we have multiple pop-ups and multiple thoughts running through our brains at once. And probably half of them are uninvited thoughts, the worries, the fears, and feelings from, from the present or the past that pop up and interrupt our day. We have worries and anxieties about our babies, about things that are months and months or even years away that we don't even need to think about yet that probably never cross our husband's minds. They just don't because they are so present. And again, forgive me when I overgeneralize because you might say my husband actually is a worry wart. I am, I am overgeneralizing here. But we do the worry work. We do the advanced planning. And I, I need to relate all this back to, to motherhood and early parenthood because that is my goal of all of this. And what I think it comes down to is that we're overwhelmed, we're stressed. And I think sometimes we also resent our husbands that they don't think about these things because they're so present with our children. They're just sitting playing with them, being able to be so present and focused, whereas we want to sit down and play with them, but we're constantly thinking 10 steps ahead because he's not, one of us has to do it. And so we're not able to be as present and playing with our children. And I think sometimes, and perhaps just unconsciously, we might be a little bit jealous or envious of this this wiring and anytime something like that comes up is where resentment starts to build under the surface whether you want it to or not a lot of resentment is is brewing for for new parents on 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 both sides but I think more so for the woman because she'll often feel that things are unfair and not split 50-50. And that is a whole conversation that I plan to get into as well. Why I always thought 50-50 was the way to go, but how perhaps it just sets us up for failure. So now we understand a little bit about the female wiring and how males differ And this is all why, you know, we can suddenly get angry for something that came up, you know, two years ago or three months ago and and bring it back suddenly when, when they do something that irritates us or triggers us. And we use words like, you always do this or you never do that. And it's words like that, these absolute words, that then make your partner resent you while you're resenting them. And so I think just based on some of the little polls I've done on Instagram, I think so many women feel that they do way more, and I don't disagree, and they feel that their partner doesn't see or acknowledge or appreciate all that they do, and that, I'm like losing my train of thought now, I was onto something here, (laughs) 
basically that they're the ones that are struggling, that their partners are super aloof to it or don't care or aren't sensitive enough to what the woman is going through. And I think it's important to remember that we communicate differently. This is the big piece. So men and women talk and listen for different reasons. So this comes from a different book that I read. So most women see communication as a way to develop a bond with the listener to bring them closer together. So we engage in conversations just simply to connect rather than to dispense any pertinent information. We need to vent about our day to problem solve. And it's not even that we're looking for a solution from our husbands. We just need to vent to get to a solution on our own or just to get it all out to feel better. Whereas men primarily adhere to the belief that the single purpose of communication is to convey information to another person. So a man will typically not speak up about certain things unless he thinks it's going to lead to something. I think men also have a really hard time with early parenthood and fatherhood and they just don't speak up about it. So we feel like we're the ones that are drowning and emotional and going through this difficult time and are on an island by ourselves, but they're likely feeling some intense emotions as well and not expressing them. So we need to get to the root of all of this because I think it's so important. There are certain elements to new motherhood and new fatherhood that didn't fully occur to me until I started reading these books. And these books didn't specifically say any of what I'm about to say, but by better understanding how the male psyche works, I was able to put together some of these revelations that I hadn't thought of before. So, for example, you feel... You feel stressed out. You feel like you have no idea what you're doing in motherhood because this is new to you. You feel like you are doing the bulk of the caretaking and it feels unfair and you begin to resent your partner. What you may not be thinking about is how your partner feels because it it seems so much that bringing home a baby is more about the woman and it is because we do go through so much more physically and mentally I mean we do our our partners don't go through the physical aspect of growing a human and all that that entails all of of the negative side effects you know like throwing up and all the anxiety that comes with it and baby on your bladder and not being able to sleep and being uncomfortable and what what have you right maybe you have a high-risk pregnancy and there are certain things going on for you that are physically very challenging they can't give birth right that is something that we go through whether you give birth vaginally vaginally or via c-section both have massive recoveries physically And then we have the emotional toll of our hormones and what that can do to our mental health. So we feel like it's more about us. Like, I am the one going through this. I think we don't look at it as much as a partnership of like, we are going through this together. I think we feel like we're kind of on an island on our own. And I say that because another one of the key things that women write to me on Instagram is, I sacrificed so much and nothing changed for him. Or I've sacrificed everything and it feels like nothing changed for him. Or my life has completely shifted and for him, it's so easy to just jump right back into normal life. Those are some of the biggest complaints I hear from women about their partners when it comes to early parenthood. And what I have to say about that is 
it's it's really important because yes I am not I'm not team dad here that you know I completely agree I I do think we go through way more physically obviously we're the ones carrying the, the baby and birthing them through our vaginas or you know through seven layers of of a cut in our in our stomachs so yeah yes we are doing the bulk of the work here while we are pregnant and as we give birth like they are our cheerleaders they are here to support us and lift us up and and do some of the the you know physical tasks and labor that we are too exhausted for or things we can't carry anymore because we're pregnant like they're here to be our cheerleaders to support us you know, to kind of cater to us a little bit. Um, If you have a very loving husband, that is helpful. And when the baby is born, it's also suddenly all about the baby and not about us anymore. Like our husbands were doting on us and caring for us. Maybe you were getting foot rubs and they were bringing you everything you needed while you were laying on the couch, right? You were kind of like a princess and suddenly it's all about the baby even though that is when you need support more than ever in your life and you feel alone and you feel like your partner just doesn't get it. And that is also a hard transition that we don't talk about how the difference from when we're pregnant, when we're showered with love and everyone is like, oh, your belly and you're glowing and, you know, they offer to bring your groceries out to the car for you and, you are treated kind of like a princess and then the baby comes into the world and it also feels like we're forgotten about. But what's also important to remember is that everything does also change for the husband, maybe not physically the way it does for us and not mentally the same that it does for us with our hormones, the emotional toll, our mental health, all the worries and fears we have because of how our brains are wired But you were their partner and it was about the two of you. And suddenly this third little person is in the picture. And all of a sudden, all that you are focused on is the baby. Your husband is now second. And I know we all say like our husbands are first. It's important to that your your husband remains your number one. And I get that, but you are immersed in newborn life. You are immersed in figuring out this little human that needs you 24-7. You don't even have time for yourself, so you don't have time for your partner. And even though your partner fully is aware of that, they can feel very rejected because suddenly their wife isn't paying attention to them. And it's not like they're, you know, jealous of their baby or anything like that. And they're not going to tell you like, oh, I feel rejected by you. They're never going to say any of this. But deep down, they also have feelings. And I think that we forget that simply because they don't verbalize it. They don't communicate it. And traditionally, women have a lot more of the nonverbal communication that can leave little breadcrumb clues that we might be struggling or upset or emotional whereas men just kind of hold it all in and so we may not see that they're also suffering or struggling and what's so challenging too is the baby needs us more like we are their mother they know us they were inside of us they, they smell us, they seek us out. And if you're breastfeeding, especially, you know, you're nurturing them and you're feeding them with your body. And that is something your husband cannot do. Like, yes, if you, if you start pumping, your husband can help you with things like washing pump parts or, you know, feeding the baby a bottle or same with if you're on formula. Like the beauty of that is once you're pumping or formula feeding, your husband can help more. And I think that's appreciated on both the new mom, meaning she can have some rest and alone time, to the husband finally having a chance to really bond with the baby. Babies eat a lot. So you are 
always feeding the baby. And if you're breastfeeding, that's another thing that your husband cannot do. And so he may very well feel left out in this equation. Like it's all about mom and baby and the two of you connecting. So I don't think we often think about how the dad, your husband, your partner might feel really left out of the equation, especially, you know, if you're on maternity leave and he needs to go back to work to earn a living and provide. He feels like he's doing so much every day to take care of his family by working hard and you might feel frustrated that you're home alone all day handling everything by yourself and begin to resent him. And that's such a challenging dynamic. And then, you know, we expect them to come home and suddenly jump right in and take care of everything or help us equally. And when that doesn't happen, we get very upset. Um, We feel like things are unjust, that he's not a helpful partner, or that he's not really a partner, right? Because so many women will, will write to me, I just need my partner to help but our partners aren't helping our husbands are not helping they are partners they too chose to become a parent they too chose to purchase a home or rent a home or whatever right like you are both responsible for childcare and domestic tasks and if he's not helping you I say that in quotes because we need to come get away from that narrative that our Our husbands help us. Like, no, they don't help us. They are also being a parent. They are also being a homeowner. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I guess my point is just when, when they're not reciprocating as much as we think they should be, we get upset, we resent them, and we feel like we're sacrificing everything and they're not. But they may just not be telling you how they're feeling. Um, A lot of men, when they feel disconnected or rejected, will, you know, turn away even more and disengage. Like they may work longer hours suddenly or want their own space to be alone and or like immediately turn on sports or whatever, right, to kind of escape. And This is how a man responds to frustration, rejection. um, And we, on the other hand, want to talk about it and share our emotions. So we are polar opposites. And it's important to remember that because I think we need to take a step back and not just make it about us and how we're feeling But also think about and consider how they might be feeling when they suddenly want to swoop in and take over and baby is crying or 10 minutes later, baby needs to be put on your breast to feed. How they might feel like they never have an opportunity to bond with the baby and they feel very left out of the equation, at least in the beginning. And we maybe don't see that. And then what I think happens too, and we're going to get more into this in the next episode because I cannot believe I've been talking for almost an hour already without getting into any of like the key pieces of how to properly communicate. So what I think happens too is, this is really, really big and important and really I feel like I should start the next episode with this, but a survey was conducted and Men were asked, would you rather feel unloved or disrespected, leaving you feeling inadequate? And over 75% of men answered that they would rather feel unloved than inadequate or disrespected. And it goes into more detail, and I'll go into more detail about this, about how a man needs to feel respected by his partner by his wife because that carries him through everything else he does in life it makes him a more confident father a better employee a better friend a better husband and it just really lifts him up 
But likewise, my rebuttal is that we also want to feel appreciated and you know, we, we require words of affirmation. And for men, it's not so much the words that we use. Like we want words. We want to hear, oh my gosh, you're such a great mom. Thank you for everything you're doing. You look beautiful. I love you. Those are the things we want to hear. And I think for men, it is more about action. So when your husband is already feeling left out, perhaps rejected if the baby is crying when he's holding the baby or he can't calm the baby because baby wants you as babies and young toddlers often do they tend to prefer their their mom um when they do take over and we've been carrying the bulk of the load of childcare or domestic labor and they're doing things not up to our standards and we tell them that, then we're basically saying, you're not doing it right. And what that really says to a man, apparently, according to these surveys, is I don't respect you, which also means I don't trust you. I don't trust how you're doing things. I don't trust you as a dad. And it, it makes them feel unloved. Because for them to feel loved, they need to feel respected by you. And so when you suddenly say, oh, the bottle's not warm enough, or, oh, that's not how how you change his diaper here, let me do it. And you step in or you swoop in and save him or correct him, that is you subconsciously telling him, I don't trust you. Not like you don't trust him in the sense that he's going to go out and have an affair, but I don't trust you in your role as a dad. Like he is trying to navigate his role as a father the same way as you are as a mother. And I think we forget that when we are sleep deprived and feel like we're doing the bulk of everything. I really do think that we forget that. And so it's important to give them a chance to do things their way to figure it out when we feel like we don't really know what we're doing we feel even more under pressure and anxious when we know we're being watched so if he feels if it seems like he's being unsure of how he's doing something maybe walk into the other room and just let him figure it out maybe it's painful for you to watch him struggle with something that you could do with your eyes closed. But let him figure it out. You have to give him the opportunity to learn how to be a dad and to figure it out and not always swoop in. Because when you do that, you are setting yourself up to him not learning how to be a dad and to you telling him he's not doing it right. Why would he want to keep trying and doing it if his wife is constantly saying, oh, you're not doing this right here, just let me or you never do this or you never do that right or you always do this, right? It makes a man shut down. It makes him not want to be a part of it, to help us, to do his fair share because it's demeaning. We don't mean for it to be demeaning. We don't mean to disrespect him. And I realize you think probably this sounds really dramatic, but a man's ego is more fragile than your baby (laughs) based on everything I've read. You have to uplift him. You need to say, you're doing a great job. You are such a good dad. I love how you do this with our child or that, right? But I know we need the same thing. So I'm just trying to help you understand the male psyche from everything I've learned and let him make his own mistakes, even if it's painful to watch. Let him be a dad. Let him experience it firsthand. You know, for example, if you finally are going out to brunch with a girlfriend and you've been locked up inside for months and months in newborn hell or bliss, depending on how you look at it. And you're finally with a girlfriend, when your partner hasn't been as hands-on, you might get like five texts saying, where are the extra diapers? 
how many ounces do I need to feed the baby, blah, 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 right? You don't have to respond. That might sound horrible. You might be like, well, that's not the right and helpful thing to do to have proper communication. But that's interrupting your precious alone time you finally have. And it means he doesn't figure it out on his own. So we have to give them a chance to figure this stuff out. Because otherwise, we are always going to feel like we do more. And then we will resent them. They will resent us. And it is just going to be a mess for probably the first three or four years of parenthood. I feel like that was a lot of information. And that was literally only page one or two of my 28 page assessment I've made about men and women, moms and dads and how we operate the first year of of parenthood. So there is a lot more to come in the following episodes. I do hope this was helpful as an introduction to everything that I am going to share. And I hope you're intrigued to come back and listen to how to communicate with your partner, how to tell him what you need, how to ask him for quote unquote help without being demanding or demeaning or letting your your underlying resentment come to the surface. So many more episodes to come. If you enjoyed this, please let me know. Like I said, subscribe, rate, review, share this with with your friends, with your husband. And I look forward to sharing much more of what I've learned with you very soon. Thanks for tuning in. For more, follow along on Instagram at mybestmomfriend. I'll see you again next time.